hello to everybody who's very soft-spoken. It's Beautiful Anonymous, one hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one, I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to Beautiful Anonymous. I'm in Los Angeles. I like Los Angeles. It's warm. I'm staying at a friend's place where there's a big window where I can see a mountain in the distance and there's trees and it's beautiful and it's lovely, but I've also always found the city lonely. That's just me. It's nothing against the city. It's just how I mix with the city. I'm not a hater, but I will say that it makes me even more grateful than usual that I have a job where the whole goal is to connect with one person at a time and then try to use it to connect a whole lot of us all together. And there's just these little moments in my life that reiterate that to me. And being out here working, it's always nice to work, but man, I've always found this city to be one where if you are prone to loneliness, you really feel it. Some of that's on me, but I really feel it. And then I think about this show where the whole goal, you could say in some sense, is to combat loneliness, to actively try to connect via listening to each other, As always, thank you. I'm really feeling it, really feeling it right now. Today's call, it is a very interesting one because there's only a few things that are universally true for every person. And one of those things is that you have parents. You came from somewhere, right? But the meaning of who those parents are and what role they have in your lives can be wildly different. Some people aren't that close with their parents. Well, what happens when you're in that situation and then you have to deal with real life stuff involving that parent? What happens if you have a relationship that is not the one that shows up on like a sitcom, you know, it's not the 1950s vision of a family, but you still have duties as a person's kid, offspring. It's really a head scratcher to think about what your responsibility is and to think about what the emotion should be. And our caller's able to speak to that a lot. I'm not going to say too much more. You can tell I'm being vague because I want you to just enjoy this one as it unfolds. So uh, please do so. Sending much love to the caller. Thank you for your honesty and your openness and and your details in laying out a situation that not everybody uh, not everybody's going to go through, but I think everybody's going to get something out of hearing your story. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Hi. Is this Chris? It is. Oh my goodness. How are you? I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I was going to say, you seem you seem to be in a very gentle place. right? You, you might be our gentlest caller, is what I'm going to say, 20 <laughs> seconds into the call. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. How you doing? Um, good. This is so exciting. Um, I was telling your producer that um, I actually saw you last week um, at a show you did. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, it was lovely. <laughs> um, it's been really fun to go out and do the live shows. And thus far, none of them have been outright disasters. So that's very good. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, how are you today? I'm okay, is the honest answer. I've been ha- <laughs> I've been in You're a... recovering? Well, I like to be totally honest, and I'll tell you, I don't know if it's the seasonal stuff or what, but I've been in my head lately. And then I don't know if you have any kids, but I just, you just, I just have this like spidey sense and dropped him off. We do daycare a couple of days a week now. And I dropped him off this morning and I actually emailed them and was like, he's having a lot of anxiety about going. And I kind of see why, like, anyway, I'm not trying to, I'm not going to publicly trash my child's daycare. They've been pretty great, but I'm like, we switched him to a new classroom for the slightly older kids. And I'm like, how come? Like, the teacher barely says hello. He's running out in the hall and no one's following him. Mm-hmm. I'm like wondering, this feels weird. So I had to email them and say, hey, things are feeling weird. Is it me? What's going on? 
So that's where I'm, I'm at. Sorry to hear that. Oh, that's okay. How are you doing? Good. Um, I was also telling your producer just uh, a story about, you know, my life recently. And a lot of things have uh, changed for me. And um, I'm sure, you know, just like everyone. Um, but I, you know, changed my whole career. And um, I think it's kind of an interesting story of how it happened and the day I found out that my career was changed and everything like that. So I don't know if you want me to get right into it. <laughs> I'm all ears. <laughs> um, so throughout this whole, um, well, I guess really since I graduated college, um, I've been in the healthcare field. I have absolutely loved every minute of it. Um, and during the pandemic, a lot of things changed. I was redeployed. I'm in a, a city that was largely affected and um, in the very beginning, which was really tough. And so um, I had a lot of thoughts of, you know, where where do I want to go next? What do I want to do? And um, I started looking into, you know, maybe tech or something like that. And I was looking with this awesome recruiter and she was actually calling from a city and state, and which I only knew one other person, um, a, person a place that I've actually never been. And so every time I would see her number pop up on my phone, it was that same city and state. And the interview process is quite lengthy. Um, I don't know if anyone else, if, if this is just unique to corporate America or tech, but like five or six rounds of interviews. And some of them were like five hours long. You know, I didn't realize it would be so much work, but um, I got to the last round of that interview and the recruiter told me that she would call me that night and tell me, you know, if they decided to proceed with the offer. And just almost about an hour after my panel interview, I got a call seeing the same city and state and I answered the phone, you know, super bubbly, super excited. Um, Hello, this is <laughs> thinking that it was going to be good news. Um, and it was actually a police station, a police officer calling um, about the only other person I knew in that city and state um, that my father passed away. And, you know, um, just for context, I really haven't spent any meaningful time with my dad. Um, you know, he's been in a few places and um, I really didn't get to develop a relationship with him. I knew that he lived in the city um, and he had, um, you know, made some life decisions that led him down into a lifestyle that um, wasn't amenable to raising children and having a family. And so I kind of always felt that this call would come. You know, um, I wish I could say it was very unexpected, um, but I feel like, you know, as you get older, you kind of worry about those things or think about those things. And so I thought I'd be prepared. Um, but yeah, it opened up a lot more questions than I ever thought it would. And um, it was a very interesting way to learn about you know, someone who has such a big role and yet such a small role in your life. I'm sure as a, a dad, you know, you can, you know, feel feel the same way about that. Um, and so I had to, just being the only uh, relative, um, or, you know, since I was, I'm the oldest child, uh, a lot of the responsibilities kind of fell on me to organize a lot of different things. Um, so I got to talk to the medical examiner and I, you know, I just wanted to know all of the details. Um, I know that sounds so strange, um, but I just wanted to understand the, at least the last moments of a life I never really knew, but one that I definitely wanted to be a part of. And she was so kind and 
not at all what I was expecting of a, a medical examiner, but to be honest with you, I've never met one before. Um, she was actually the first one called on the scene, and she described to me um, where he lived and how he lived in a, a little studio apartment above a convenience store and how he had just crushed beer cans in a waste bin, uh, you know, like a, a mini fridge on the side table, um, with just condiments and beer, very classic. Um, she said it was whole grain mustard, which I thought was so funny because I prefer whole grain over yellow mustard as well. Um, she said that there was this bunch of unopened and opened boxes in his apartment. Um, even though he moved in a couple of months ago, I felt that that was a, a funny commonality. You know, it takes me weeks to unpack a suitcase. So I felt that maybe that would have been something that my mom would have yelled, us, yelled at us, you know, about over the last 20 years. Um, and it seemed that he folded everything really nicely, just living out of boxes. And I can completely relate. You know, I felt understood. Um, she moved just, you know, throughout his things. He's a, a big baseball cap collector, a trait I don't share. <laughs> um, and then she just went into other random details and said, oh, do you want to know the last thing that he ate? And I didn't even know that. You know, they collected that sort of thing or that showed up in a report. And she gave me this, sounded like a chemical. Um, I had no idea what it was. And she said it was chocolate. <laughs> um, so even though I, I didn't really know him, I felt oddly connected. And, you know, everyone loves chocolate, but. He's just um, really sweet and totally unexpected. And then about an hour later, I got the call that I did, in fact, get that job. And I'm working there now and um, just getting, I feel like, new information every day. <laughs> Let's pause right there. Man, that's it. Phone rings once, it's heartbreaking news. Head spinning news. Phone rings twice and it's great news, but still head spinning news. What a head spinning day. We'll talk more about that day and everything that came after, right after we hear these ads. Thanks to all our advertisers who help us bring this show to the world. Now let's get back to the phone call. Do you want to know the last thing that he ate? And I didn't even know that. You know, they collected that sort of thing or that showed up in a report. And she gave me this, sounded like a chemical. Um, I had no idea what it was. And she said it was chocolate. <laughs> um, so even though I, I didn't really know him, I felt oddly connected. And, you know, everyone loves chocolate, but... He's just um, really sweet and totally unexpected. And then about an hour later, I got the call that I did, in fact, get that job. And I'm working there now and um, just getting, I feel like, new information every day. <laughs> did not see that coming. <laughs> when you said you wanted to tell me the story of how you're career transitions waiting mm -hmm. on waiting on bated breath for the phone call to come in and then oh in between surprise phone call the dad yeah. you're not that close with has passed away that's a that's a very very strange day in your life yeah a complete thrill so wait did you then so the calls came from the same area now you're working in the area do you uh, um, so i was working with a recruiter who lived oh know, got halfway it across got it. the country Understood. I so understand. I was that. Just getting, I just, yeah, happened to work with a recruiter who lived in the same city and state. And I thought it was funny because, you no, know, I, I, I don't know anyone from that area except him. So 
Um, I picked up the call without thinking um, just because I was working with her for the past previous week. So. And when you say you weren't that close with him, are we talking like a non-existent relationship, phone calls now and then? Did you ever see each other? What was the status of this? Um, I think the first time he left when I was about four or five. Um, and I think I've seen him five times um, from from now until then. And the last time was about five, six years ago. But um, no phone calls. So I, I wouldn't say <laughs> close. What is, I mean, what a completely bizarre thing. I can't imagine. I mean, anyone's anyone's relationship or non-relationship with their parents is something that you think about, something that informs you, something that affects you. And to have this per mm-hmm. have this person where you don't know all that much about them and you've barely been in touch, but you know they ate chocolate before they passed <laughs> away. That yeah. that is such a such a unique, I mean, such a strange conversation to have, such strange knowledge to hold. I know. And, you know, it was even more beautiful that, you know, as she's painting his, uh, the picture of his life and his last moments and, you know, me realizing someone that I didn't really know or, you know, anything about them that I'm living, you know, in a very similar and cramped studio apartment happen to be living above a, a convenience store. It's, it's weird. It's, it's nice. On oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And can I ask how they came to call you if you two weren't that close? Um, so about five or six years ago, when I last heard from him, I heard that he designated me his um, health proxy, the power of attorney. So I think that since I was um, next of kin, I guess that's how they identified people. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but I guess that was changed after I turned 18. Um, I do know that his aunt or um, his my aunt, his sister, um, had my number. So not sure. Now, if he lists you, are you, does that mean that you're responsible for his affairs? Like, do you have to sort all that stuff out? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't believe how expensive um, funerals and all that goes with it um, involves, especially, you know, someone who doesn't live near you. It's, Quite a challenge. <laughs> so you had to. Um, I'm lucky at that new job, so it wasn't. Yeah, so it's hard. You had to pay for everything for a guy you barely know, and then I mean, I'm glad you're saying you got the new job and that it it helped you absorb the financial hit, but that's also logistics and time and yeah. coordinating with funeral homes and and I would imagine that's that's like such an investment and you sound so relaxed about it I mean you're speaking like so soft spoken about it it didn't make you angry at all that you're the one who has to you're the one who has to invest all this time and effort and money into this situation for for someone who was such a non-factor that a lot of people I would feel like would have had a lot of anger about that yeah I guess I, I, in one sense, I felt terrible um, that I wasn't more involved. But, you know, it's hard to say that to a kid, you know. And you're just thinking after the fact that maybe this is the last um, thing that I could give him or, you know, something that will put everything finally at rest. And a large portion of it is just, entirely out of your control um so it was it was just something that needed to be done i i have sisters um and they really didn't want anything to do with it so i think that it just needed to happen 
yeah, it was, it's very frustrating. And, you know, there are so many questions that, that come up and that doctors need or paperwork that needs to be filled out and, you know, questions that I couldn't answer. I don't know medical history. I don't know um, specifics or, you know, if he had other people in his life. And so I think those one-offs when you just realize how much distance you have with someone who is your father, you know, that was a little bit harsher uh, reality than writing a check. Do you ever just, the dichotomy of your absolute chillness right now, speaking about this, versus all the emotions that I can imagine went into it. Do you ever just unleash? Yeah. Have you ever just like screamed into a pillow or gone to a a, a batting cage just to <laughs> smash something with a bat? Do you have you ever done that? No. Um, your podcasts are really calming. Um, it, it was an awesome one I listened to. I don't know if it was this week or, or last week, and she put you put it into such great words. It was about the. Um, sex work caller or the online uh, sex work caller. And she said that, you know, meeting and working with so many different people, you realize that you know, everyone has something and it just gives you a different perspective on everyone you deal with. And I totally, I totally agree with that, that everyone's going through something and this is something very small and, you know, the whole whole part of my life um and when my dad first left um it was a lot harder then and I think that all the years in between has seen me kind of uh, adjusting to that void and um so it's it's not unexpected it's definitely sad and devastating and in very different ways and I'm sure I'll spend the rest of my life working through that, but not in a rage way. I mean, God bless you. I, I think a lot of people would have some moments of, because look, I've never had to plan someone's funeral. I hope it's a while before I do, but I know that it's not easy. And I know you have to jump through hoops and make phone calls and pay for stuff and organize stuff and be places. And to do all that, with as much grace as you're talking about and as level-headed as you're expressing for someone who I would imagine you have every right to hold a lot of anger towards means you're a good person. You know, Chris, something, something that really was upsetting. Um, I don't know if you know during all of this, uh, during the, the pandemic that student loans were paused. And so you didn't have to pay back your student loans and you didn't, uh, accrue any interest during all this time. So I've been you know, saving money since all of this has happened. And I was so excited that when all of this opens, uh, student loans are going to go back into effect in February of 2022. And I saved enough to finally cover my student loans. And then this happened towards the end of summer. And I mean, I'm lucky that I had that money saved, you know, for something like that. Um, but then it had to be used, you know, mostly by those costs. And that was hard. That was hard. So you were out, you were like that. I was at the finish line of student loans. That moment with student loans so, when it feels like the sun is breaking yeah. through the clouds and then all of a sudden yeah. the clouds roll back in yeah. and you got to spend that money on this? I know. Oh my God, saying it really just, yeah. If there's anything to be angry about, that's... So that's, that's you that. angry. What I just heard is, that's, I just heard <laughs> you angry. That's what you sound like angry. Very similar yeah. to the rest of this 20 minutes thus far. <laughs> But I did hear a slight twinge. I heard a slight twinge of emotion. And that's what qualifies yeah. as rage for you, thinking about the student loans. Oh, my God. Student loans would, you know, make anyone, uh, you know, be filled with rage. There's 
two student loans there's that I have. I have like a private and federal. And there's federal, the uh, private ones are called Sally May loans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I finished paying off Sally May, they redirect you. When you send in your last payment, they redirect you to a video, a YouTube video of like this rap artist, singer, talking about how you paid off your student loans. And to me, I would consider that emotional battery. I, I don't know whose idea this can't be to true. send you to a YouTube link. <laughs> they commissioned a rap song to celebrate. <laughs> this can't be true. Hold on. It's insanity. I have to Google this. Hold on. You're telling me when you're done, Sally yeah. May, uh, a notorious, a, dori- a notorious. Can you curse on me? You can. Wait, what's that? Can you curse them? I can't remember. You can curse. Or do you bleep them out? No, oh. you, you can curse all you want. <laughs> yeah, I'm Sally May, a notorious asshole, sends you to, I think it's like an old, old, old rap. Video. Is it called? Is it by this person D one with the called Sally Maybach? Is that I it? I don't know. I would have to. I'd have to Google it. It's been a minute. Because it Sally looks May like this might be artist. a rapper who made this song, and if Sally May is embracing it, it seems like this rapper made the video as a sort of "I am free from the clutches of Sally May," <laughs> and that's if if they're directing you to it, maybe Sally May is co-opting a song that seems to have been. <laughs> And I'm sure not complimentary that they are not paying royalties, I'm sure. Oh, no. And if they are, I bet they divide them up into uh, decades worth of payments, <laughs> one month at a time. <laughs> Damn, I mean, what a... Uh, yeah. What a, I, mean, I mean, but again, you know, there's something to be said for You're saying, like, you had that student loan money. There's something to be said for I think a lot of people would say, you know... I think a lot of people set aside money for their funeral so that it, yeah. it, it sounds like your dad, you're, again, it sounds like your dad stuck you with some stuff that logistically a lot of people might say, why are you spending your student loan money on that? Like, why are you diving back in? And yet you're, you're so gracious. You can never eat whole grain mustard the same way again. You'll never think a whole grain mustard the same. <laughs> it is, it is the superior mustard. I've never, I'm not mustard. I'm not a mustard guy. Mustard, yeah. mustard offends, me, has always offended my taste buds. Sorry to tell you. Oh, are you more of a ketchup guy? I enjoy ketchup, mayonnaise, but as far as condiments go, but it's in a family. I don't, I associate, it's a similar thing. I don't really love olives. There's, there's something about a certain type of what? taste that, yeah. And I don't know why we're exactly talking about me and my mustard opinions in the face of some other stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> So then this whole time you're starting this career, which you're excited about, is mm-hmm. also coupled with yeah. the first few months of that are now kind of forever synonymous with this other stretch of paying to wrap up all your father's loose ends. Yeah. How yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to, you, you tell me what you were thinking. Um, no, it's just been completely wild. You know, you have to um, balance your emotions of being happy and, and proud of yourself for, you know, creating such a big change. It was uh, hard to break the news to my family, you know, tell my sisters about our dad, tell my mom. You know, I waited um, about a week to say anything about my new job because it just didn't feel appropriate. Um, but this new job allowed me to start a few weeks uh, later just because they had their own background check. So I really didn't have to, you know, go through the process of telling them. It's, it's such an awkward thing to say or take time for, you know, when you just started something. It's, it's hard to tell people, um, especially talk about a death. Um, and, you know, no one close in your life has ever even met him. Um, you know, my partner knows of him, but, you know, never met him, but 
is really sympathetic and compassionate and it's just really hard explaining it even to extended family members. Can I ask too, just be, just because you mentioned them, your sisters and your mom, when you when you had to dip into that money that was going to get you out from under the loans, did your sisters and your mom contribute financially to help close all these loops? Yeah, so we, one of my sisters is still in school, so it really wasn't an option for her. Um, and my mom has a really difficult financial situation, so we decided to split up some of the responsibilities based on, you know, how how we were or what we could do feasibly. Um, so it, it, it kind of worked out that way. Um, and since I got this new job, it kind of seemed like it was uh, the best option for now. Um, some things we have on payment plans. So you don't feel taken advantage of in that way? Because I'm a little worried. I've seen this with families and I've seen members of my family where I see, oh, burdens tend to fall on the same people right? People play those roles in family. And I'm sitting here worried about you, wondering why you're the one taking it on the chin. Why you're the one who has to do all this. Yeah. It's hard. And, um, you know, some people just um, really struggle with coping. And especially for my younger sister, um, she took it really hard. So, I, I don't feel taken advantage of in, in that sense. I don't think anyone should yeah. have to take on the financial burden. Um, and my thought is kind of the last last kind of burden that we'll need to do, hopefully, for this situation. So just about moving forward. And um, I wouldn't want them to, you know, do something drastic in order to cover for, for this. You know, I had the money saved up, so works out and hopefully it'll work out in the future well as long as uh as long as as long as you don't feel taken advantage of then i feel okay about it but i I feel like you are such a gentle person at least in the course of this phone call that i'm feeling very protective of you so as long as you don't feel taken advantage of but i i worry about it i worry about this thank you very sweet and how's this new job working out um, I, I really like it. It's really different, um, really cool from what I'm doing. Uh, the only part I guess I'm kind of struggling with is being remote and, uh, you know, living alone and only interacting with people online. It's, it's so strange. Now you mentioned you um, have, you mentioned you have a partner, but you don't yeah. live, you don't live with your partner. No. no. And when you worked in healthcare, you were, you didn't, I don't think you said if you were someone who like worked with patients, but you did say you got hit hard by um, COVID stuff. Were you like in a facility with patients and, and things along those lines? Yes, I was in a hospital and I was in pediatrics, which is a dream, you know. But um, during the pandemic, they redeployed a lot of our positions. So I was doing something um, entirely different than what I originally started out doing just in times of, you know, crisis and and what was needed at the time. Um, And it really opened my eyes. It changed a lot for me. Um, And I do miss it. And I know I have a lot of friends who are still working where I worked and not much has changed and a lot of, you know, policies and, projects and things have just gotten all the more crazy and it's hard and I wish it were different. That right there, that quote right there, it's hard and I wish things were different, might be the defining sentence of all of our lives and everything that this show is and represents. Who knows? Think about it. Think about it while you're listening to these ads. We'll be right back. Thanks again to all of our advertisers. Now we're going to finish the phone call. Working where I worked and not much has changed and a lot of, you know, policies and 
projects and things have just gotten all the more crazy and it's hard and I wish it were different. So you went from being at a hospital where I, I have a cousin who's a nurse. I have a friend who's a nurse, two friends who are nurses who, um, one of my friends who is a nurse who does, won't even really discuss what it was like when everything first exploded. Um, but everybody describes it almost as more, more of like a, almost like a military feeling stretch of their life of like a front line. So you went from that of working in pediatrics. And then that story we've all heard where all of a sudden the pediatric nurses are being pulled over to cover things that they aren't that aren't their specialty because everyone's getting pulled towards COVID and having to fill in each other's gaps. So mm -hmm. you went from this like high pressure, which sounds by all accounts, like a nightmare. Um, and and that runs you ragged to sitting alone in your studio apartment working remotely, not actually interacting face <laughs> yeah. to face with other human beings. That's about as drastic a pendulum swing as you could hear about in this era of human history. Yeah. And you know, maybe it's just given me so much perspective on things to be so much worse. I mean, nothing needs to be if nothing is as emergent or if someone says something is that there's just there's no emergency. I feel like in corporate America, maybe that's um, mean to say, but it's it's a lot of perspective and things could be a lot worse and it's, it's really nice. And so I, I feel for anyone who still has to or can't change or it's not easy or, you know, it's a very cushy, you know, working from home situation. So I wish that everyone could have that kind of comfort. Yeah, I feel I was able to go into my little bubble with this show. I went from going to the studio, seeing people, and yeah. then came out here, set up the mic, sound quality still good, moved out to mm -hmm. Jersey. Do you miss it? No. Jared said to me Do one day, Jared was like, so the studio, you know, I, some people are using the studio. I'm not sure if you want to start booking some studio time. I was like, Jared, you're never going to see me in person again, ever can take an hour and 15 minute train ride to the studio or just do it from my house and then walk downstairs and play with Cal. Cal wins on that one. But luckily, yeah. luckily yeah. this show is what it is. I'm, you know, a lot of podcasts, mm -hmm. it'll be, let's get four or five people together in the same room so they can chat. And yeah, maybe they need to be face to face, but this is already about intimate remote conversation. So we were ahead of the curve yet again, <laughs> yet again, the idea of doing things remotely. <laughs> Having all your relationships, yeah, having every, having all of your um, emotionally vulnerable relationships happen purely over the phone. I was years ahead of the curve on that one as well. It took a global. <laughs> no, I'm now making dark jokes. I'm making yeah. dark jokes. I mean, but my, I feel like my conversations. You know, I'm, I'm talking to the the owner of the convenience store who is uh, beneath me, and he's like my my closest contact or my only human contact some days yeah you know and i just i don't even i don't even wear human clothes i feel like just rotating pajama sets bad yeah especially starting a new job and setting the precedent <laughs> that you're doing it exclusively in pajamas that's that, that sets the bar in a strange direction right <laughs> don't tell anyone well, you just told everyone. <laughs> anonymous, beautiful anonymous. I know. I'm kidding with you. I'm kidding <laughs> with you. And I'm gonna. Can I ask you a basic question? And I'm not judging. Why? Why? Do, why do you speak so softly? Do you get this a lot? Are you? Are you known for being such a soft-spoken person? Because you speak very softly. <laughs> I. I definitely gotten that before um i don't know i'm i'm very very quiet very shy and this is very out of characteristic for me i don't usually like talking on the phone i'm definitely more of a texter i don't know why i talk so so low um my mom does too <laughs> i don't know that's fair i'm not mad about it just wondering if there was a philosophy behind it, but it sounds like it just is what it is. 
So I have to imagine if you plan your dad's funeral, does that mean you attend your dad's funeral? Yes. Yeah, that was really hard, actually. I bet. Really sad. Yeah, we, um, so he actually is in the military for a little bit. Um, so we decided to do kind of like a, a boat. We were going to uh, spread his ashes in the ocean, which was really nice. Um, and so intimate. You know, you we had to ship his ashes to my house, and I I don't I don't know why it was so strange. Um, we didn't even open. I couldn't even open the box, um, and that's just the way that we decided to um, send him off. It was really really expensive to ship uh, an entire body across the country and. Um, we just thought it would be a really nice send-off, um, peaceful send-off. And there were, it was a military boat um, with a, a former military captain. I'm, I'm not super familiar with the, the term. And it was really beautiful. It was quiet and it was quick. And it was just me, my sisters, my mom, uh, my grandma, and um, me and my sister and my partner, which was really nice. It's a hard question. But what I'm sure you thought about, I mean, you mentioned this description that the medical examiner gives you of there's a lot of beer cans around and a mini fridge. Mm -hmm. I'm not judging, but this doesn't sound, most people would assume that this is not, this does not, these are not indicators of, how would I say it? Because I don't want to be disrespectful. My instinct is to say like, you know, that doesn't sound like the happiest life. All, all due respect to someone who's passed away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How? Do, yeah. And then you I, know, I agree. And then you wind up with the ashes when you've been largely disconnected. Do you have a sense of who your dad was and what he was doing all those years, and and why things were this way? Um, well, I can answer why. Maybe, um, you know, he was in a really tough place mentally and, and physically and made a lot of decisions that led to him being alone or feeling that he needed to separate himself from his family. And it makes me really sad that um, he passed away alone. I don't think anyone um, deserves that kind of departure uh, from this world, but um I do know that he had a friend, and uh, his friend was the one who scheduled a, a wellness check. So I'm glad that there was someone in his life, um, or at least towards the very end. But I, I agree, it's very sad, it's depressing to think about. And you know, throughout that whole call with the medical examiner, I, I always was trying to almost convince her that. I, I did love him, and I didn't want her to think that, you know, he was left there or this is how we wanted it. And I would have loved to be a part of his life, but didn't didn't pan out that way. And uh, he made decisions, you know, and he was very sick that uh, led to this. So it is a, a bleak picture. And when you're in this stretch of life where you, you're excited about this change, you think the call is coming in to tell you you've got this new job. That's an exciting thing. Yeah. And then you get this other call. But they kind of go hand in hand in a way, don't they? Because the one call is about excitement for the future and you demonstrating some agency over that future, you being like, I want change, so I'm making change happen, and the change starts today. And that does go hand in hand with this cautionary tale of, and now here's also this looming presence in your life who was living in a way that seemed static or, you know, like you both said, like we both said, it doesn't sound happy. It sounds a little heartbreaking and also indicates, indicates someone who may, who lost momentum or couldn't capture momentum. Those things 
oddly enough, they do go hand in hand. Like one is very motivational towards the future and the other is very cautionary, but they most, both of them must make you think about what you want your future to be. Oh, Chris, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when she painted the scenario and, you know, in so many ways, I felt so similar to him, you know, whether it's my environment, where I'm living, what I stock in my fridge, you know, I, I felt that it's almost like a, a opportunity to realize that, you know, everyone's just one mistake away from an entirely different life. For me, it's, you know, one decision. My whole life is different than what it was a year ago. And it makes me sad that he had, you know, he could have had an entirely different life. And now I'm his daughter planning his funeral. I'm sure that's not what he expected or wanted. And I just wish that it was different. But you're absolutely right. It was a chance. And um, it definitely in some ways motivated me uh, to be closer to the people who are currently in my life and just know that you know, anything could be different if you really wanted it to be. And are you thinking about moving out of that studio above the convenience store? Are you going <laughs> to stop drinking beers? Are you going to switch to Dijon? <laughs> Yes, uh, I hope a larger apartment is in my future. I really, I really do. Fingers crossed. <laughs> it really is a good call about the balance. Like your past and your future smashed together on the same day, so close together that you thought that you thought a phone call about one. You thought a phone call was about one, and it was about the other. That's that's head spinning. Whiplash, whiplash, yeah. honestly. And are you liking the new gig? Do you feel like you, was it a good instinct to change careers? Yeah, good. totally. It's very hard, but I do, I do enjoy it. Is, is it going to be a thing that's always remote or will you someday be in person? Always remote, actually, which is surprising. So maybe I'll have to find a good place around me to set up shop, you know, meet outside people. <laughs> Like some sort of co-working space or coffee shop that lends itself yeah. to human interaction. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. People watching. Because, mm -hmm. you know, like I said, I'm I'm such an introvert. It's, if I don't force myself to get out there, then I'll just be a hermit. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you got set back on the student loans. Have you mapped out? Do you know how long you're still going to be under the yoke of those of those loans? <laughs> um, yes. So this new job um, for the first time ever, I'm going to be getting a like a end of year bonus, um, which is the coolest thing ever. I feel like a real corporate stooge, and I hope that that'll that'll close the gap my student loan. So it sounds like end of this year, certainly in 2022, that hiccup is, that frustrating hiccup is going to be corrected. You'll be out from under the the specter of, of these predatory student loans. <laughs> yes. But, but, um, you know, I've been paying them for the last, you know, half a decade. So yeah, sure. I definitely feel that we, you know, we're in the home stretch. Um, I got real lucky. I don't think I've ever shared this story. Got real lucky. I, uh, my dad's whole policy was, um, you know, I'll be able to help out your brother to a certain degree. And then however much I help him out for, that's how I'll help you out for with college. And my brother mm -hmm. went to a private school and I went to a state school and the state school was cheaper to a degree that I wound up and I got some scholarship stuff for being a smarty pants. And oh, between awesome. those things, I wound up not needing student loans. And then I look at friends of mine, I go, that might be one of the great, out of the many gifts that my father has given me in life, that might be one of the greatest ones. I did not even realize back then how much of a, <laughs> how much I was able to dodge because of that. But it was just kind of like, I gave your brother this much, so you get this much. And I go, okay, that's going to actually cover <laughs> this. That's, 
That's amazing. Thank God my brother decided to go to some tiny religious private school. <laughs> I'm happy that you never had to deal with that. Oof. And now you think about, you said that you hope to move to a larger living space someday. Have you researched this at all? Do yeah. you have goals? Do you have areas or types of living spaces in mind? Are we being proactive about this? Yes, yes. I'm really hoping to move in with my partner um, when this lease is up. And we're thinking of, you know, a totally different, a little bit more peaceful, relaxing area. Um, I live in a little bit of a, a crowded living space, so maybe something different. Um, he works from home too, so we'll get to um, pick anywhere, really. So you can go anywhere with the internet. You you could move to some island. Yeah. You could move to the middle of a valley with no one else for miles. You could move to the top of a mountain. As long as they got broadband up there, you're good. <laughs> yes, yes. Love that. Love that. Have you thought about mm -hmm. New Jersey? Have you thought about New Jersey as a destination? <laughs> I have not. Um, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd have to look a little bit more into it. But I do, do know some really good people there. So I tell you what. The tax, just based on how you're just coming out from under the loans, New Jersey's great and I'm, I love it, but the taxes are very high. And I don't know if you're looking to sign up for taxes mm -hmm. that high coming right <laughs> off your loans. Um, the future seems bright. That's my, that's my diagnosis. That's my diagnosis is that it sounds like the future <laughs> is going to be brighter than the past was. Thank you. I'm, I'm hopeful for that as well. I have to wonder too, for as, strange as it is to get that call and for mm -hmm. as unexpected as it is when you find out that you are um i forget exactly what you effectively the executor of your father's estate right of his affairs mm -hmm. and for as unfair as it seems like to anyone from the outside to go man you left when the caller was four or five and now all these years later she's she got to carry the bag on you, like for as unfair as it seems, there's also a part of that goes, it must, you know, part of the purpose, the reason, the whole reason that there's ceremonies surrounding burials and death is for closure. Mm -hmm. and, and in some ways I sit yeah. here, I go, I don't want you to have to put six extra months on your student loans. That sucks for someone who wasn't there. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to have to spend all this time when you're supposed to be happy and excited about this new job being both sad about someone passing and saddled with all the logistics of dealing with that when you don't owe this person anything. At the same time, I go, certainly is a relationship that sounds like it was going to need some firm closure. And being the person to actually sign off on all the paperwork and write all the checks and receive the ashes and decide on where those go has to be about as airtight a sense of closure as you could ask for as well. So maybe in some sense that is a gift. Yeah, I think um, anyone who has a parent who's been in and out of their lives and doesn't really provide much communication or, or security, um, it constantly feels like, you know, death over and over again. You never know when you're going to hear from them. You never know if they're okay. You never know if they're thinking of you. And this was the first time that it just felt peaceful, that there's no more wondering, there's no more what if, or there's going to be a reappearance. Um, just definitely closure, good or bad, um, positive in some ways, obviously bad in others, but um, mostly peace. I've never thought about that, that just a parent not being there it sounds like on some level, even if there's years where you don't see this person, even where it's only a handful of times where you do, just the fact that that person's out there, I've never thought about how that inherently makes, as, as, as the kid in this situation, the child, it inherently makes your life just a little bit more chaotic because there's an X factor floating mm -hmm. out there. There's a person who's an X factor and they're out there. And that means your life is a little less peaceful than it could be. I've never thought of that, that even the absence is chaos. Do you ever think about being a parent? Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, whether I'll be a good one, 
Yes, all the time. And do you have, do you dwell on that because of your because of the situation you've laid out today? Yeah, I think it's it's hard at every new milestone to think about how someone wouldn't want to be a part of that, or um, how it's easy or hard to leave um, children in general. Uh, but it also I don't know if it makes me understand my, my father more that it couldn't have been easy um, just because, you know, working amongst children or hearing other people talk about their children, and I'm sure it must have been you know, beyond his control or incredibly difficult to leave and never look back. Um, so I don't doubt that he loved me. Um, I just feel that he was incapable of being a responsible parent or a present parent. But it makes me scared that I wouldn't be everything that um, my future kid deserved. But it's good to, I guess, ask yourself those questions on ways that I, I can be a present parent or maybe how little it takes just to, to be there, just be consistent person with your child you know that's kind of all I I wanted so yeah I think about it all the time and I know my sisters do and it's probably easy to think that it's just better not to be a parent Um, but I haven't made my mind up about that one well I mean I don't know yeah outside of the last 54 minutes but I know for (laughs) me the thing that scared me so much was the depression. The thing that scared me so much was like, wow, what if, yeah. what if I pass that on to him? That's like been the great albatross yeah. of my life. I've, I, I mentioned to you at the top of the call, like offhandedly, that it's been really messing with me the past month or so. Um, and I remember expressing to someone how scared I was of that. And I remember them saying to me, oh, you're, like you're not seeing that the fact that you've had to think so hard about this and consider it so much is like a secret weapon for your kid. It's an asset. Like your future kid, if they are depressed, is going to have a parent who understands it better and has thought so thoroughly about how to speak to it. Like it's an asset. And I almost feel like it's, if I could pass on a similar thing to you and I'm not blowing smoke to say, You've had to think about so hard about the idea of being present versus the idea of being absent in a child's life that when that day comes, if you do become a parent, if you decide it is something you want to do, I feel like anybody who's been majorly affected by by something, you know, one thing such as strong as this, there's probably other things too that I have not had the time to learn about you, but this seems like a particularly dominant one. You just go, well, we feel such weight and we feel such responsibility and we feel such fear surrounding them. But when you step outside, you go, oh, how lucky is your kid? You're never going to miss a soccer game. You're never going to, you're not going to miss the Sweet 16 party. You're not going to, any chance that there is for a a parent-child heart-to-heart, you're going to be so game for it. So that thing that... Um you fear the most it might be your greatest strength as a parent someday. Who knows? Is there anything that made you think, oh, I'm, I'm destined to be a parent or yes, I finally want kids or is it just something that you fell into and you're happy you did? Well, I was always so scared of it. I was always so scared of what if my kid turns out like me? It's going to crush me to see a kid and to know these feelings and know how bad they are and to see a kid go through. It would crush me and scare me. The real truth, though, is when I got together with Hallie, I was looking at her going, man, she is going to be so such a good mom. And it would be like the idea of a kid missing out on her as a mom was more heartbreaking than a kid being saddled with me as a dad. 
<laughs> is the is the real actual answer. But then you know what's really beautiful is like everyone, she was having her own conversations about parenthood and if it was something she wanted. And at some point she said to me, the thing that makes me want to do it the most is I think you'll be a good dad. So we're both sitting here going, I don't know if I'm cut out for it, but I think the other one's going to crush it. And uh, I still don't know if I'm good at it or if I'm going to be good at it. Uh, But I know I give a shit. And when my little guy gets sad, I feel how much it, I feel how much it kills me. These moments when I go, ooh, he's feeling these emotions pretty hard. Is this like an early sign to keep an eye on? Is he going to have some of my stuff? And I feel it kill me as hard as I ever thought it might kill me. And I also feel myself going, oh, the person who said that to me wasn't wrong. Like, I'm on it. I'm on it. Like, he he's going to have other stuff I don't know how to help him with, but I know how to, I know how to empathize with this. Okay, like, this isn't... At the very least, I don't know that this has to be the thing that messes him up. I will have other blind spots and they might mess him up. Few. And that's a very sad and pragmatic way to go. It, it's, 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 been a, it's been a roller coaster ride, but really kind of beautiful to learn some of these things along the way. It looks like you picked a, a good partner to share your life with. Yeah. And look, having a kid redefines that relationship too makes everything more difficult yeah. makes everybody more exhausted yeah. and changes everybody's priorities <laughs> so you also redefining that on our feet as he grows under us and there's a lot to figure out there but at the end of the day i'm like well she uh she i'm going how can i not see what she's like as a mom she's so good at everything so sweet. I hope she listens. <laughs> she listens to some of them. She'll like that one. Now, what's up? When, when are you moving in with the partner? My main thing right now is I'm going, you've had so much closure and you have so much forward momentum. And then you telling me that you're living in a studio above a deli, I'm going, that seems like, <laughs> that seems like one of the firmest things that you can move on from. So what's the game plan? We got 30 <laughs> seconds left. We got a game plan on this? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Game plan is, I think I think you have to get pre-approved for a mortgage first. So um, I think that's my next step. That's my 2022 goal. I know the housing market's crazy, but um, yeah, those are those are the next steps. And I think I have an area in mind, and it's totally not above a convenience store. So love that's exciting. That. <laughs> well, our time together is up. I did not see this one coming. I have not heard that story before. Congrats on the new job. Congrats on the forward momentum, on the game plan to get out from the convenience store. And also, what a a head-spinning, emotional, confusing, sad thing to layer with all that excitement. Uh, I hope hope that the future phases of your life aren't tinged with that, that, uh, that maelstrom of other stuff getting attached to it. I hope there's calmer times on the way and I I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you. It's been a true pleasure and I hope I get to see and and meet you at another future show. Yeah, I'd love that. Thanks again for coming out. I hope it it was a good show and it it didn't feel like a waste of an evening and some money. That's what I hope. Not at all. Not That's at where all. I set the bar for myself as a performer these days. <laughs> I hope no one feels like they wasted their time and money. <laughs> that's, that's how Not I self-promote. <laughs> <laughs> well, so much love to you. So much luck to you. And uh, I'm excited that the clouds are lifting over this recent phase and, and that you get to move forward. Thank you. And this has made me so happy this phone call I'm actually getting through. So I I wish you nothing but the best and I hope everything works out with uh, Cal's school and his daycare and teachers and Allie. Thanks. And I hope you yeah, have a this good day- I'm going to go deal with this daycare thing after this. Anyway, yeah. Okay. 
Anyway, yeah, thank you. Thank you for reminding. Yeah, I got to get my head back in that game. Cool. Caller, thanks again. And as I said, I hope you buy that place. I hope you're moving with the partner. And I hope if you decide to become a parent that it's uh, everything everything you hope it is. And I think you're going to be really good at it. I really do. I just get that sense after talking to you for an hour. Good luck and much love. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to Anita Flores for producing the show. Thanks to Marcus Hobb and Jared O'Connell for engineering it. Thanks to Shellshag for our theme song. And hey, thanks to everybody who comes out to live shows. If you want to know when those are and where those are, chrisgeth.com has all the answers. Now, wherever you're listening, there's a button that says subscribe or favorite or follow. It helps us so much when you hit that button. You can find our latest merch at podswag.com. We've got mugs, shirts, posters, and more. You can also find ad-free episodes of Beautiful Anonymous and tons of other shows over on Stitcher Premium. Use the promo code STORIES for a one-month free trial at stitcher.com slash premium.